This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. Break it down. Oh, you didn't know? Stand back. I'm a Mamacita. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Eat me. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 70, yes, the big seven zero. and to celebrate, we're going to be talking about the themes of Randy Orton, and when I say we, I am joined once again here by the captain of Voices of Wrestling, my good pal, Rich Kreich. Hello, Rich. What's going on? Yeah, it's our platinum, uh, the platinum episode of uh, Music of the Man. We're going to celebrate by uh, shitting in some gym bags or something. We're vaping. We're going to vape in the corner. It was tanning and... oils. Let's get that straight here. Come on now. Oh, Come right, on now. Right, right, right. I like the other rumor better. But... So do I. So do I, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you very much for those kind words, Rich. I, I do appreciate them a lot. And uh, it's great to have you back on the show here, too. Uh, I, I know that uh, I say this every time you're on the program here, but uh, you're, you're a very busy man with the website and the audio and watching wrestling and whatnot. So I do appreciate you uh, finding the time to come on the show here. No, absolutely. And, and when you, uh, you know, I, I initially, I think, uh, God, a few months ago, I don't know what spawned it whatsoever. I think I was on my way home from work or something, and I just had a, a Spotify playlist, you know, playing, and, and Burn of My Light came up on my playlist, and I was just like, God, this song rules. I was like, <laughs> Andrew, have you done an episode on Randy Orton? Like, off the top of my head, I didn't remember you doing it, but I kind of figured, well, of course you probably did an episode about Randy Orton. I just don't remember it. Uh, and you said no, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> like, when you do, you let me know. And and yeah, it, it is it is my honor to come onto the show. I love uh, my favorite show of, of, of the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, other than my own and every other show equal, because of course I can't, you know, pick favorites, but uh, I do love music of the Mac quite a lot, so I'm, I'm very happy to be on here. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, you know, the last time you were on the show here, Rich, it was the Rey Mysterio episode. Yes! And yeah. uh, one of your projects back then for the VOW Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling, by the way, uh, it was Death Store, about the dying days of WCW, and uh, funny enough, flash forward to now... And you've got another project you're working on there called Fall Brawl Recall, where you're talking about all of the Fall Brawl main events in WCW. So uh, a nice little coincidence there, Rich. Absolutely. No, for sure. I can't get away from a old WCW. But uh, yeah, we're doing it at voicewrestling.com slash Patreon uh, on our uh, subscriber side there. And uh, it's got a little bit of a delay because of obviously the wrestling world has decided that uh, we just need to add like nine hours of original <laughs> content uh, every single week. But uh, hoping to get back at it uh, this week and hopefully get some new episodes up there. But uh, yeah, so essentially it's just looking at uh, Frog Brawl main events, which... For the, with the exception of one, uh, is going to just be all War Games matches, which are pretty fun to look back at because, you know, I'm not the biggest War Games fan, but uh, there's some fun stuff to take from these. And, uh, yeah, a little bit of a teaser. The, the, the next show that I have coming up and, and will be out 
probably by the time this uh, this episode comes out, is the uh, Fall Brawl 1995 match, which is like just an absolute chaotic, uh, terrible, terrible match, and, and and definitely represents the worst of, of WCW in 1995 with the Zodiac and Kamala and all this other crap. So, uh, no, thank you so much for, for giving me the chance to plug that. But, uh, yeah, Fall Brawl Recall uh, is up there at voicewrestling.com slash Patreon, as well as our Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame series uh, that we have going on right now. Uh, we're going to interview various guests across the wrestling world about the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. And uh, at one point, we're going to discuss uh, Mr. Randall Orton here. So that's a yeah. nice little uh, way to get it all tight and packaged. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, nice little transition there for sure. Because today's topic is indeed about the legend killer, the viper, the apex predator, Randy Orton. And as you said there, Rich, Randy is on the ballot for the Observer Hall of Fame this year. And I think you and I would agree, Rich, that when it comes to the Observer Hall of Fame... Randy doesn't really meet the criteria to go in. Uh, in terms of in-ring work, drawing power, influence, he just doesn't make the grade in that sense. But the WWE Hall of Fame, though, is a much different story. I mean, he is pretty much a slam-dunk shoe-in. In oh, first ballot. <laughs> Unanimous selection, for sure. A, because they put everybody in that goddamn thing. And B, Randy is, is truly one of the best examples of WWE Golden Boy you'll find. In terms of all the titles he's won, all the pay-per-views he's made evented, the constant pushes as a top star, his prevalence on the card for, you know, about, what, 15 years at this point, at least. Uh, the, the classic JBL quote, you know, if you were to build a WWE superstar from the ground up, he'd be Randy Orton. I mean, WWE have had a boner for this guy since he first joined the company way back when in, in 2001, and it'll probably be that way until he retires there, Rich. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, he's a guy that, I mean, even from birth, when they realized that, you know, like, Bob Ward Jr. had a, a child, they went, aha, there we go, there's our guy, like, no, but yeah, from the moment he decided he wanted to be a wrestler, to the moment he was a wrestler, to the moment he was an OVW, he's pretty much been pegged as the guy, and, and yeah, there's been some bumps along the road, and we'll, we'll talk about those, but uh, some of the bumps have been ignored along the way, because they just really fucking love this guy so much that, uh, yeah, like, he, he's a lifer, too, and I, I love his current thing where he's, uh, you know, teasing that, uh, oh, you know, I might go to AEW, there's a lot of good matchups up there, just no that Vince McMahon is going to cut the biggest check he he ever could cut for Randy Orton to keep him there, but uh, yeah, he's he is more more than almost anybody the prototypical WWE lifer too. Because you even you look at guys like you know Rock and, and Austin and and Cena and all those guys, they all leave eventually. They all leave and go do movies. They all go to bigger and better things. Even a Brock Lesnar will leave and go to the NFL or go to UFC or whatnot. Randy's not going anywhere, man. You know what I mean? Like, he is there for life and he knows it. They know it. It's just a perfect relationship for these two. He goes in there, does exactly what they want him to do, and he does the exact bare minimum of what they want him to do. Uh, and it's been enough to get him, yeah, all those accolades, like you said. So, yeah, he will go down, you know, historically as one of the biggest and most important stars in WWE history. But, uh, yeah, by, by their old narratives and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. Russell Hall of Fame, 100% agree. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not going in there. Yeah, nine-time WWE champion, four-time world heavyweight champion, intercontinental champion, United States champion, both uh, WWE and world tag team champion, both triple crown and grand slam champion, youngest world champion in WWE history at 24 years old, money in the bank, two Royal Rumbles, a few WrestleMania main events. I mean, he has won pretty much every accolade in that company you can win. And as we've alluded to as well... That Golden Boy status extends beyond the wrestling ring. I mean, the backstage stroke, like helping get Mr. Kennedy fired and putting a stop to the Kobe Kingston push in 2009 because of a blown spot. And as well, the leniency that WWE have shown him over the years is incredible. I mean, this is a guy 
who was named in the signature pharmacy scandal in 07, and he was like the only one that didn't get suspended. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, shit, just me. last week even, he was drunk on a Twitch stream yes. and said the N-word, and he didn't even have to apologize for it. I mean, it's incredible how much leeway they give him there, Rich. It is. In, in some cases, like, it's, it's both... <sighs> It's both like admirable in a way that like it's so ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like I like I I don't you know, I, I don't find him a particularly like nice person. I don't think we'd be buddies. Like I don't really think I would get along very much uh with Randy Orton, but it's just so interesting and unique that he just can do whatever he wants there. And and that, you know, I wish I had that security in my life and at my job where I could just literally do anything. And, and never be reprimanded or never get in trouble, or sometimes it just gets swept under the rug or just ignored completely. It's uh, it's quite a place he's, he's, he's presented himself in. So, Okay, let's get to these themes here. Uh, we've got eight to talk about. And, uh, you know, Rich, your, your previous appearances on the show here have all heavily featured hip-hop themes. Well, in the words of Michael Cole, the streak is over because Randy Orton does not have a lick of hip-hop to his name here in this in his theme history so there's a lot a lot of rock and roll there for you a lot a lot of metal but there is neither hide nor hair of hip-hop is there rich uh there well mm, maybe maybe oh, not really? i have something for really? you on this first song that uh can at least tie it a little bit together but then after that no there's absolutely no hip-hop whatsoever so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty much all rock and metal as far as i can see on this one yeah <laughs> So we're going to start off here in OVW in 2001. Uh, Randy actually started training in 2000 in St. Louis uh, with his dad, Cowboy Bob Orton. He wrestled a little bit in that area. And then the next year, he joined WWF and went to OVW for developmental, where he wrestled guys like Rico and Rob Conway and uh, Ron H2O Waterman and uh, some guy named The Prototype, who kind of sounds like a jobber to me, Rich. I don't know about you. Yeah, he was on that stupid uh, documentary, and all I remember him was buying a bunch of meat and stuff. I don't know what happened to that guy, but uh, yeah. <laughs> did, did you ever you, you've seen that documentary, right? I forget what the what it was called. It was on. It wasn't. Uh, I want to be a professor. That's Rory Special Delivery Fox, of course. But um, I forget what it was. It was on like Biograph or some, some weird channel, and it's like the prototype. And all I remember is him going to the store and buying like a thousand pounds of meat. And I was just <laughs> like, like that guy. Wow, interesting. And then ne- knowing like. Four or five years later, that ended up being John Cena. It just blows my mind still to this day. But So this first theme is by The Prodigy, rest in peace, Keith Flint. Off of their album, The Fat of the Land, this is Breathe.
So Breathe is one of the Prodigy's biggest hits, a uh, great song too, and it's a song that was used previously by Al Snow in ECW, which to me works great because A, it's 97, that's the height of the Prodigy's popularity in mainstream culture there, and B, it fits Al Snow's gimmick to a T, because Al Snow at the time, that was when he went crazy and started coming out to the ring with Head and, and talking to Head and just acting all erratically. And this is a very erratic kind of song. You know, it's, it's in the music and the vocal style and the lyrics, psychosomatic, addict, insane. There's a real chaotic feel to this song that works perfectly for Al Snow and for ECW. That said, you know, a young rookie Randy Orton in OBW, I don't think it works. I, I think the place is wrong. I think the timing's a few years past the peak of Big Beat. And Randy's gimmick isn't that he's crazy. He's just a young rookie. You know, he's a young upstart. Um, I mean, I mean, he'll get crazy later on for sure, you know, so it's a little bit prophetic there. But uh, in, in terms of 2001 OVW Orton, no way, no way. So again, I enjoy the song there, Rich, but in terms of the context, I'm not digging it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that as well. And I remember, you know, listening back to this reminded me that I own the CD as a, as a child. And I don't really know why, because I don't really think I was that big of a Prodigy fan. But I do remember buying the CD. I think this song was so big. And I guess maybe I am a bigger fan than I thought, because I hadn't really listened to, to them or really even this genre all that much since, you know, 1997 or whatnot. But I actually ended up, you know, listening to a bunch of it uh, today. And, 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 you know, prep for the show, I listened to this song. And then went, ooh, maybe I do like Prodigy a little bit. And went back and, and really did enjoy a lot of the stuff that I listened to. So that was good. So it, it kind of reminded me of the good old days when I uh, went to my local, I think, Coconuts or Sam Goody, I forget where, to buy my Prodigy CD, but uh, good old times there, but uh, yeah, um, it's a, it, it doesn't work for Randy Orton at all, it, it is, you know, for anybody who hasn't seen his stuff in OVW, it, it, it's not too different than what we would have Randy Orton when he came in uh, to WWE, when he would, you know, join up with Evolution pretty early on and, and, and be sort of Randy Orton, like, you knew who he was, they didn't change his name, they didn't call him Randy Johnson or something like that, they called him Randy Orton, You and it was in St. Louis, so it was, like, obvious that this was a member of the Orton family, he was good-looking, he was chiseled out of stone even at that time, like, it was just obvious that this guy was going to be a big star, and that they thought he was a big star, so yeah, this song is, it doesn't really fit that, it fits Al Snow perfectly, because Al Snow's insane, like, Al Snow's going nuts, Al Snow's doing all this sort of stuff, I, I don't really understand where it fits Randy Orton, other than maybe The Prodigy being the artist name, Maybe that's the, the connection there, but again, like, I, I don't know. There's probably a thousand better songs that, that maybe even say the word Prodigy or, 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 you know, speak to somebody being the Prodigy than, you know, this particular song. So, while I enjoy the song, yeah, it does not work for Randy Orton, and, and here's my little hook here. You were saying, you know, no hip-hop. Well, in this song, and I'm not sure if you even know this, and I, I didn't know this too until I, I went through who sampled and kind of looked at it, but uh, there is a sword sound effect in this song. That is from The Mystery of Chess Boxing by the Wu-Tang Clan. So it's sampled from that song, which was 100% sampled from some random-ass kung fu movie back <laughs> in the day. Because that's all that Wu-Tang Clan did was just sample a bunch of kung fu movies. So I don't know what the hell kung fu movie, but this is a secondary sample of a sample of a kung fu movie. But yeah, if you hear it, like, you can hear it a little bit subtly at the beginning of the song. And then towards the end, as the song's kind of fading out, you hear like a shing, shing, shing. Like just this like really fast sword sound and that's that's from that song so yeah i was like okay there's at least a tinge of a hip-hop uh connection but then after that we're me and randy orton going on separate paths so. <laughs> yeah yeah and uh it, it doesn't really feel like a song that he would pick either you know like a lot of guys in wrestling you can tell that the music that they have is stuff that they like in real life you know uh, ray mysterio and latin hip-hop or uh, triple h and motorhead or chris hero and hip-hop too i mean randy We'll get to this later on, of course, here, Rich, but 
we know is taste in music, and I don't think Prodigy really falls into that box of music that he likes. I mean, he, he could like it, for all we know, but at first glance, it, it doesn't really match up with his vibe as a person overall, I don't think. Right, right, right. Well, and, and like, he could have been like me, because, you know, him and I, well, he's well, eight years older than me or seven or eight years older than me. Like, I said, you know, I liked the song when it came out, and I enjoyed it, and I bought the CD or whatever, but by, like, 2002, I wasn't thinking about the Prodigy Breathe anymore, and I, it, it wouldn't have, like, so you're right, it wouldn't have been like, hey, uh, do you want to pick a song for yourself? And he's like, ah, you know what, I really like this song from four years, because, like, there's no way he still listens to the Prodigy, or still keeps up with the Prodigy, so I'm right with you there, it's it's, it's an odd mix, and I don't know, I don't know how it got picked, or, or what happened, but, yeah, it, it is what it is, but, yeah, did did not fit him very well. Right, right. Uh, a fun fact here for you, Rich. Another OVW wrestler used this song later on. Do you want to guess which one it was? Oh, man. Another OVW wrestler. Um, shoot. Was it Chuck Palumbo? I don't know. I forget who was in OVW. So. It was Ken Doan. Uh, oh, later wow. Nice. Kenny in the Spirit Squad, of course. And uh, then Kenny Dykstra. So there you go. Does, definitely doesn't fit him either. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> like, no, what? no. Because <laughs> he was like a good. What are they with? Like, did they just think that because the band name was the Prodigy that you should give this song to anybody who's like a very good looking potential future star in wrestling? Like, what are you doing? Like, Maybe Cornette just loves him some Prodigy. You know, who, who knows? Maybe that's right? you know that's that's our connection there. <laughs> well, goddamn, breathe the pressure, motherfucker. Goddamn, it's like a smatter cat, motherfucker. <laughs> double meat, double cheese. Inhale, motherfucker. Inhale. Goddamn. <laughs> So uh, the next year, 2002, uh, Randy gets the big call-up from OVW to the main roster in WWE, and uh, he debuts there as Randy Orton, the plucky youngster, with his mop-top haircut and his, <laughs> his blue shorts with the yellow lettering on it. Oh, it's it's so great to look back on that time period of for Randy Orton, Rich. <laughs> I love it. He's such a dork. <laughs> and uh, his theme song is by Peter Northcote uh, from the Chapel Recorded Music Library. This is called Blasting. Blasting some metal, Rich. Ugh. Just straight up blasting. And but, we're sure this isn't Jim Johnston. We're sure. <laughs> but it's not just any kind of metal, is it, Rich? No, it's it's generic production library instrumental metal. Yeah. The most exciting metal to talk about, for fuck's sake. What am I supposed to say about this one, Rich? I mean, come on. Um, there appears to be guitars. <laughs> And I don't believe in your notes. You say in your notes it's not Jim Johnston, and I, I don't I don't buy it, though. Because this is like, either way, even if it's not Jim Johnston, if it is, you know, production library or whatever, we know definitively who picked this song, right? Like, there is no question in my mind that Jim Johnston heard this and went, fuck yeah, this <laughs> rules. Like, this is what I need. Because it is, it is the, the most Jim Johnston, no, most mid to early 2000s Jim Johnston that ever Jim Johnston did. It's just like generic metal 
there's nothing to it. It's boring as hell. It just stinks. This song, there's nothing else to say about this song. There's nothing else. You hear it for five seconds and you get the idea and it just keeps going and going and going and going. And it's just like, again, it also really didn't fit Randy Orton at that time too, who, who I, I guess maybe it did. I don't know, but he was kind of like you said, he had that mop top hair. He, he again felt like this, you know, can't miss prospect. And it's just like this random, like generic metal. I don't know. It just didn't quite fit him either at that time. Yeah, it's fine. You know what it is? It is as forgettably fine as 2002 Randy Orton was. Which exactly. I guess makes it perfect for him, Rich. Right. Yeah. 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 No, and, and it fits that like, too. Like it. Like I would. You know, if if a, a, a guy who eventually became a main eventer still had the song, I'd be very upset. But when it's like, hey, this guy debuted, and we didn't have a whole lot of time to make his theme music, so here you go. And we're not quite sure what his character is yet, so there you go. And it's like, hey, Randy Orton, and then like, so I guess it makes sense in that sense. But yeah, it like, thank God this wasn't a theme that stuck with him for very long. Yeah, I mean, it, it just screams generic pretty much the whole way through. But again, that's who Randy was at the sure. time. He was totally generic, you know? I mean, his first finisher was a diving crossbody, <laughs> you know? And his second finisher was the Ozone, a.k.a. the Overdrive, a.k.a. one of the worst finishers ever. Uh, MVP used it as the playmaker. Uh, Elix Skipper used it as the play of the day. It's a move that, to me, always looks like shit, Rich. Yeah, I I, um, I recently was, you know, for Death of WCW, watching back and, and um, watching some Elix Skipper stuff and watching. It's just like this move that takes a lot of time to build up and a lot of time to kind of get going. And then when it's done, you're just like, I don't know, okay. <laughs> like, it's just like a guy does a somersault and you kind of land near him. It's like, I don't okay, that's cool. But, like, I, I know in, like, because people forget if you weren't watching, like, indie wrestling or, or, or you know, you know, a lot of other, like, non-WF wrestling in the early 2000s. Like, there was a lot of these moves that, like, people always... Uh, you'd watch it, like, a, a, an early ROH tape, or you'd watch some, you know, ECWA Super 8 tournament or whatever, and guys would just have these moves that, like, you understand that they all thought it was, like, it looked really cool and it would be really fun and it'd be all... And it's just, like, they're never... Most of them were never good. Or, like, you know, Canyon was always uh, of this, too. Like, Canyon, you know, had some great moves, but he was also, you know, the innovator of offense. So he'd have some things where you're, like... Okay, like, you just, like, <laughs> took, like, five minutes to set that move up, and it's just, like, a normal, it's, like, a face, you know, buster or whatever, so it, it, it's it's a little weird, but yeah, this did not work for Randy Orton, dear God, did it not work for Randy Orton, my God, the RKO is so much of a better finisher for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I think of, like, worst finishers of all time, it's always, like, that and Wade Barrett's Wasteland, I, I always hate oh, that Oh, God, yeah, that one, ugh. So in late 2002, uh, Randy gets a shoulder injury, uh, the first of many, by the way. Uh, and while he was away, uh, he turned heel, but he did it in kind of an unconventional manner. Uh, Rich, do you remember the Randy News Network? What the heck is this? Some kind of breaking news. I'm no kid. Hey! Hi. Randy Orton here to talk about the controversy that surrounded last week's Raw. And that being, last week, there was no mention of me, Randy Orton. So I want to take this time to reassure everyone out there that I am alright, and I will be doing these updates from time to time to let all you fans out there know how my road to recovery is going. And the only reason I didn't appear on Raw last week is because I'm working so hard in my rehab so that I can get back and do what I love to do most, perform for you fans but I can't do it alone. That's why I need each and every one of you, especially the ladies out there, to keep sending your get well wishes to getwellrandy at wwe.com. Because with your support, I know I will be back in no time. 
Good next question. Absolutely. Get well, Randy, of course. Yeah. So uh, for people that don't know or, or don't remember this, uh, he was out with an injury. And and, and I always like this, too. I, I love when guys are out for an injury and you don't just, like, put them on ice. Like, WWE does this a lot now where, like, a guy gets hurt and they're like, all right, well, fuck this guy. He's just gone and never to be spoken of uh, again until he comes back. Well, in this case, they just had him, like, in a sling doing these, like, very sort of over-the-top updates about himself. And, oh, I know everyone's been telling me to get well soon and I'll do it. You know? And he's, he's sitting there in his arm sling or whatever. And just, like, little by little, it started off as, like, kind of endearing. Like, hey, this guy's just, like, updating you. But then every week you're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> like, who cares? We know you're hurt. Like, nobody really wants you back. And there'd be a graphic over the screen that would pop up, breaking news, and and Jerry would be like, "Oh my God, Jerry, it's breaking news! What's going on?" <laughs> right, right. It was always just Randy being like, "Oh, I'm still rehabbing, yep. but I'll hey be guys, back soon." Hey guys, it's me, it Randy like... Orton. I know you guys miss me, but I'm on the mend. Keep sending me your emails. Yeah, and it was like subtle. <laughs> yeah. Where like every week, like little by little, like nothing. You'd be like, "This guy's an asshole." <laughs> like I and like I, it, it's actually a masterful heel turn. It's like one of the better ones that they've done in in, in, in quite some time, especially at that period as well because it wasn't like he did anything he just was himself but it was like annoying that he was himself and it was like it was perfect that when he came back like people just hated this guy and it was yeah it was it was great great job to, to, to do that and and they kind of avoided the guy comes back from injury and immediately gets you know a baby face pop instead of just like he you know because he was so annoying and because he was so over the top that when he came back everybody just hated him and, and pretty much have hated him ever since other than you know a few little spots here and there <laughs> yeah yeah and uh when he came back from injury in early 2003 he joined the big new heel stable evolution with triple h rick flair and mark ginger oh no wait it's batista sorry about that mark false alarm false alarm there go team with garrison cade my friend that spot isn't for you randy would use the evolution theme as his own theme first up is the first one by jim johnston off of wwe uncaged 5 this is evolve I kind of said my piece about this song and uh, the next one as well uh, back on the Triple H episode that I did uh, with Robin Reed way back when, but I'll repeat myself here uh, for uh, this episode. Uh, Evolve is the predecessor to Line in the Sand. It lays the groundwork for Motorhead to, you know, to come in and take that melody, take that riff, and make a much better song out of it. So it's not my favorite theme in the world, but I do appreciate that it exists in the first place. And the other thing is the ticking clock, which persists all throughout the song. Uh, The concept of evolution, of course, was the past, present, and future of wrestling coming together to form a supergroup. And while it's, you know, very annoying to hear that clock throughout the whole song, it does make sense given the purpose of the group. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what about you, Rich? What do you think of Evolve? Yeah, so Evolve is actually, like, on its face is, like, not a bad song. It's okay, and I, I really do enjoy it. 
The problem, though, comes when you know that Line in the Sand is coming up next. Like, had you just heard Evolve, and that was it, and that was the last song that Evolution ever had, you'd be like, yeah, that's all right, it works pretty well, the clock, you know, symbolizes the, 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 the group well, like, it, it's fine. It is perfectly okay, and, and, and it works for that group. But no, listening to it, knowing that Line in the Sand is coming soon, and Line in the Sand is just on every level a better song. I mean, with the lyrics added in, the instrumentation is better, the annoying clock is just put into the middle to let you know, hey, this is evolution. Okay, now the clock's kind of gone, and now we're just getting into the song. Like, everything of Line in the Sand is better. So it's like, that's the thing that Evolve really suffers from, is that what came after it was just better on every single level, and it made this song just kind of seem obsolete, you know, in, in comparison. I agree. Yeah, yeah. But um, what, what I do like about the song, though, a lot is actually the title, Evolve, because I think it's just so appropriate for Randy at this stage in his career, because it was that evolution run where he evolved, so to speak, as a wrestler and as a performer. You know, he went from being this generic rookie to being this super cocky, hateable asshole in evolution with this great legend killer gimmick. But then again, like you said, Rich, it's still just the first stage of that. You know, he's not the Randy Orton that he would grow into in 2004. He's still finding his footing at this point. And he's just started using the RKO, which will become a much bigger move as time goes on. And then when Line in the Sand comes along later on, that's when he really steps up and grows into that heel role that he just, you know, got so good at. Yeah, no, for sure. And and, and the thing with Line in the Sand, too, which I really uh, enjoy kind of moving on to that song, is um, some of the lyrics, too. Like, they're not... 100% made for it. They're made for, you know, evolution, the stable, but there's there's some things in there that are pretty interesting. And I I don't think they're intentional and they just kind of work later in, in, in you know, as, as it goes on. But, um, you know, nothing's ever what it seems unforgiven, unforeseen. I really like that lyric because, you know, the RKO out of nowhere, you know, idea like, hey, you can't see this guy, but he's coming out. Like, again, not made for him, but a one that kind of is a nice touch listening in 2019 being like, ah, unforeseen. There you go. Like that, that kind of works for what Randy Orton would eventually become and, and, and really honestly better for his, his Viper and his, you know, cerebral killer, you know, character more so uh, than the one we'd have here in a little bit. But uh, yeah, Line in the Sand is an awesome song. That's like an all time great theme. I, I hated evolution. Like, like, honestly, not even from like a, Ooh, they're heels, and I boo heels. Like, really disliked Evolution, like on all levels. But it's it's undeniable the impact that Evolution had on, on pro wrestling. You know, kickstarting the careers of of uh, Batista and Randy Orton. But uh, yeah, at the time, and even today, when I go back, it's just like I really dislike Evolution a lot. And and Triple H at that time, I really disliked. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the benefit was that you got two great stars out of it, and you got some pretty fun Ric Flair performances throughout as well. So. Rich, you jumped the gun. I didn't even introduce Line in the Sand yet. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. For God's sake, man. Come on. Come on. (laughs) So uh, in July 2003, Evolution got a new theme, uh, which means that Randy got a new theme. And he would have this theme until he left Evolution about a year later off of Thematic WWE The Music Volume 6. This is Motorhead with Line in the Sand.
So as I said, Rich jumped the gun there. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you said you did your piece. I was not No, we were talking about Evolve in that section, not both of them. Oh. Jeezy, crazy, come on, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, again, I talked about this one with uh, Robin Reed back on the Triple H episode. This song is the evolution of Evolve, where Motorhead came in and made a complete song with it, with vocals and lyrics and uh, a bigger sound to it and better production quality and all that stuff. It talks about history and yesterday and tomorrow and, and time and all that stuff, and it ties into that in the group, of course. Uh, with Randy specifically, you have lines like, Tomorrow becomes the place to be, and Time to find out who I am, really emphasizes him as the future of the company. And uh, yeah, I love it a lot. It's really one of my uh, favorite themes in wrestling of all time. Um, what about you, Rich? What do you think of Line so, of Sand? Mr. Andrew Rich, there are some lyrics in this song. <laughs> Unforgiven, <laughs> unforeseen. No, I'm just uh, no, no. I, I'm sorry for jumping the gun there. I got I got excited about talking about that. Uh, motorhead here but yeah like i said it, it basically is is the the evolved evolve and just works better than evolve on almost every single level the, the inclusion of the lyrics you got freaking lemmy in there so that's gonna add, that's gonna add it a, a bunch as well it fits a little bit better with triple h because it's like the natural evolution of triple h's theme as well it's just it, it, it works for everything and it's got this like this methodic pace to it too where like and, and those guys too they came down to the ring and they soaked in every goddamn second of, of, of you know tv time where they're just glaring at the crowd and it's like step 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 it like it works perfectly for evolution and, and, and yeah even though i wasn't a huge fan of the stable it, 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 it there could not have been a better theme for these guys at this point and and you see how evolve yeah evolve is is fine on its own but then this is just better on every single level and i think it's important to emphasize again that this was evolution's stable theme but this was also randy's solo theme too you know whenever he came out for his singles matches in evolution he came out to this song uh, you know triple h had the game of course batista had animal flair had also sprex zarathustra Randy just had this, which I think is kind of a neat way of saying just how tied into the group he was. You know, he wasn't his own man with his own identity. His identity was evolution. That's what made his bones in the company in 03 and 04. And you kind of think, like, where would Randy be without evolution? You know, where would his career have taken him if he wasn't picked to be in that group there, Rich? Right. No, for sure. Yeah. And you look at someone like, you know, a John Cena who maybe didn't have that backing and, and, and Cena was at a point where, you know, he came up right around the same time as Orton was, you know, pegged to be a big star. And then he just kind of, you know, didn't quite click and it, it faltered. And there's always the famous story that he almost got launched, you know, that they were almost like, well, we don't know what to do with this guy anymore. And, and yeah, Orton was lucky to kind of link up with that stable right away, get in with the right people. And, and like you said, sort of adapt his career in the early days to that. And, and like you said, the, the fact that he didn't have an identity and that his identity was so aligned with, uh, evolution at this time, it helped it so much more than when he eventually wins that title and, and goes on to his own and do his, does his own little thing there. So it's a perfect story. The, the way that they booked Randy Orton and Batista in Evolution is, like, perfect. They, they just nailed it with those guys. Definitely, yeah, yeah. So in August 2004, uh, Randy Orton shocks the world by beating Chris Benoit at SummerSlam for the World Heavyweight Championship, becoming the youngest world champion in WWE history. And then Evolution shocks Randy Orton by kicking him out of the group. <laughs> so Randy turns face. And uh, it's funny, Rich, you mentioned how you hated Evolution so much back in the day. I did too. I despised Evolution with a fiery passion. Especially Randy, who was just the bane of my existence for so long. Because he was such a, a hateable, smug fucking asshole. 
and he always won. You know, he always managed to slip his way to victory. He was IC champion for like seven whole months. I just, I hated him so much. And then, of course, once he became a face, I was like, yay, Randy, let's go. Woo, he's my favorite. Come on. <laughs> because that's what kids do. But uh, anyway, uh, Randy turns face and becomes a singles guy. And uh, because he's not in Evolution anymore, that means he needs a new theme song. And oh boy, does he get one. This is by a band called Mercy Drive off of the album WWE Reckless Intent. This is Burnin' My Light. loves. Number one is Linda Cardellini. And number two is Burnin' My Light. Because we both love this mid-2000s post-grunge goodness with the rockin' guitars and the douchebaggy vocals and the emotional hook and the hair tucked behind the ears hairstyle that every guy back then had. It's just fantastic. And every time it gets to the chorus and it goes, hey, nothing you can say, I just get so unironically pumped up. And Randy Orton and Pumped Up are two things that usually do not go together. But goddammit, when I hear this song, I crank it up loud, I sing along, and I punch the air. It's just, it's so goddamn great, Rich. It's the greatest, yeah. We, we are men of high class because, you know, Linda is like an all-time babe, like like one of the greats of all time. And, and yeah, we are, we are men of uh, very high class here. And then this song is one of an all-time greats as well. Um, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but like Randy Orton hates the scene. <laughs> he like yeah. couldn't wait to get rid of it. And he shouldn't because it's fantastic. It, 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 it's great. And it's really one of my favorite themes ever because it so, so perfectly fits puffy-cheeked HGH Randy Orton at this time. Because this is when he, uh, you know, got big. <laughs> and, and, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd slimmed down a little bit later. But, you know, he's, he's just, it, it's just like, it's annoying. The song's annoying. Like, it's kind of annoying in a good way. Like, the singer's kind of annoying. He's kind of douchey, but that's what makes it work. You know, it sounds like it was made by a band filled with just, like, some douchey-ass, like, 26-year-old fucks that, like, just are in a band to get girls. They don't really care about their music. They just want babes. And they, they all have, like, really crappy tattoos. Like you said, the hair's pulled back behind the ears or whatever. But that's, like, Randy Orton at that time. You know, he's just this fucking douche, and you just hate him. <laughs> you know? Like, it's just perfect, because it's like, that guy just gets all the girls. He doesn't even care. He's an asshole. Like... God, he always wins, like you said. Like he just—he's in this group. He's got bad tattoos, and it's like 
It doesn't matter though. He hits that RKO and he wins, and you're just like, damn it, he's just great. And he moves his hands up in the air, and a bunch of fireworks come out, and he's just this cocky asshole. And it's just this song is perfect. I mean, it is so perfect as well, and the lyrics kind of work as well too. So, some ones that really stand out to me are, are you know, they tried so hard to follow, but no one can. Uh, is a great one, because at that time he was sort of, you know, a little bit more, you know, he, he wasn't quite the Viper methodical at this point. He was a little bit more of just a cocky asshole. This is during the Legend Killer era when he's spitting in guys' faces and, and, and kicking people and RKOing everybody and throwing fully downstairs and all that sort of stuff. So he's just a total asshole at this time. Just a, beating up old people, just being just a total douche. Uh, you know, I'm going to take what's mine while you're burning inside my light. You know, again, it's just like, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want to you and it's not going to matter because I'm just going to keep rising. I'm just going to keep becoming this, you know, supernova in the this company winning, becoming the youngest world champion, all that sort of stuff. You know, you try to hold me under. I held my breath uh, alone, and now you wonder what I possess. Like it just, it perfect. Like it just works, especially for the Devolution Group too. And and the fact that he hates this theme just makes me so upset because it's like it's so good. Like I love this song. And like you said, the, the the you know the reason this show is really happening is I was driving home one day and that song got on my Spotify playlist. And Andrew, I'm not kidding. I listened to it like ten straight times. And I like <laughs> went home and like mowed the lawn. And you best damn believe I listened to this song again. And again and again and again, and I was just like, man, this song rules so much. And then, you know, I was doing the Boys of Summer series on um, on the Voice Wrestling uh, flagship Patreon uh, as well. If you want to check that out, pretty good series as well. Um, and I watched, you know, this match where he wins the title, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, here we go. And then, like, you know, the next year, he's, he's or I think it's two years later, he's facing, you know, John Cena a- a- in the main event of SummerSlam as well. And I'm like, yeah, this this Randy Orton. And I'm remembering back in the day that I really, really used to like Randy Orton a lot, like. Like you said, I was fickle. Like you know, as a heel, I really kind of disliked him. Maybe not to the extent that you did, but when he turned face, I was like, "Let's go, Randy Orton's here, and, and he's ready to go." And and even when he turned back heel after that, I still love this era of Randy Orton, and 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 I'm never quite sure why I did. And then I watched, you know, some of those old matches. I listened to this theme, and I'm like, "No, Randy Orton was pretty badass at this point, and and, and really cool." And I enjoyed everything about him, and I enjoyed his in ring style, and I enjoyed all this sort of stuff. Uh, that's gonna not happen for the next you know, <laughs> t- ten or so years. I'm gonna get a little bored by. Uh, old uh, Randall there, but uh, at this point though, this theme, this Randy Orton, everything about his character at this time too, and and, and it's not just me like this dude felt like sky was the limit for this guy at this point. I mean, the youngest world champion breaks away from Evolution. He he's you know getting the respect of a Chris Benoit at the end of the SummerSlam match. It's like everything you know this 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 company was his at this point right now, and obviously uh, we'll talk about it. It didn't quite work out that way, but um, yeah, I mean this this like when this theme debuts and and he's just wrecking shop all over the place. I mean this is this is the ideal perfect, probably the peak of Randy Orton for me uh, in this period. Yeah, I agree 100% there with what you just said. It's all my notes, pretty much, I think. But, um, yeah, the, the lyrics like, you know, the nebula rising up out from the black of deceiving lies. A new star is born. Now he brings you the light with his hands untied. It's so good. It tells the story of him leaving evolution and venturing out on his own. And now he's going to take what's his and no one's going to stop him. And and musically, too, it's a faster tempo than the evolution theme is. It has more of a drive to it, no pun intended there, than Line of the Sand does. So musically, it sounds like Randy is breaking away from the doldrums of that group and strapping up the rocket to his back and going off on his own fast track there, Rich. Yeah, absolutely. No, and and, and like you said, the theme, or the... 
the quickness of it kind of helps too because at this time and and, and again if, if you've watched Randy Orton for the last 10 years it's amazing to think but like he wasn't always like the slowest wrestler on, on the face of the earth or the guy that always just wanted to put people in wrestles he wasn't no he's no ricochet <laughs> he's not really bouncing around the ring uh, very quickly but at this point he's got a little bit more speed he's he's throwing drop kicks he's he's becoming a little bit more of a a well-rounded worker as well and 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 this theme kind of works as well because it's got a little bit of a higher pace and it's, it's got a little bit more beats to it and a little bit more clicks but uh as we'll see with you know themes that he's had before and then themes that he'll have later those kind of fit what i think the the ideal Randy Orton in, in in his mind is but at this time too you can feel it in the song you can feel in the energy like this is this is a more energized a more you know uh, just a more exciting Randy Orton than what we'd have uh, you know in later years and if you remember as well the old Randy Orton entrance during that time period, it was the golden light of the pyro showering down over him as he did his pose at the top of the ramp. Golden light, burning my light, it's all tied together there, Rich. It's rules. How does he not like this song? Come on. Randall, Damn Keith it. Orton, RKO, it all comes together there, Rich. Come on now. <laughs> I was. Uh, I do not want to admit when I found out that, uh, or, or actually realized in my head, where is the initial site? I don't even want to say how long it was, but it was definitely uh, pretty. It was. It was in this last year that I was like. I, I, for whatever reason, never made that connection. I was like, fuck, RKO, Randall Keith Orton. Oh, my God. I can't believe it took me that long to figure that out. So, Yeah, yeah. Um, got another trivia question here for you, Rich. Uh, Mercy Drive. They were originally known as a band called Big Mother Thruster. And they had a song that See, was used... See, they're so douchey. See? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, they had a song that was used for another WWE wrestler around the same time period, actually. Uh, Mid-2000s, Ruthless Aggression Era. Can you guess which wrestler it was? Oh, man. I feel like I know this one, but I don't know. I, off the top of my head, I, I, I can't recall. Well, the song was called Tattoo, and it was originally the theme for Tough Enough One. Oh, no. But then it became the theme for Good <laughs> Maven, Old Maven. Right? I can see my fantasy. Master of the Dropkick. Like, literally, the only movie you could do was the Dropkick. Hey, I enjoyed that song a lot, too. I can't lie. So, Mercy Drive, they're two for two in my book there, Rich. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Tattoo. Now that I think about it. It's just like, it sucks that it got wasted on Maven. <laughs> but Maven did have a tattoo, so I guess it worked. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, at this point, it, it should be obvious that Rich and I uh, both love Burning My Light very much. But uh, Randy Orton himself has a very different opinion on the song. This is from an interview he did in 2008 for GameDaily.com. And I quote, I wish we could pick our theme music. For the longest time, I had the Burning My Light, or whatever the entrance music was that started with, Hey, nothing you could say, and I hated that shit for all four years. I hated it from the first day I heard it. They even tried to tweak it a bit, and I still hated it. I told Vince and Kevin Dunn, the producer, that I hated my music, so they said they'd get me something new, but it was four years. Finally, I gave them a CD and said that I wanted this music, so they bought the song and played it for two weeks until Vince said it didn't fit my character. The following week, CM Punk debuted, and they gave him my music. Now, the Punk song we'll bring up in a little bit there, Rich, but man, it is so sad to think that Randy Orton hated the song so much because, like we said, it's perfect for him, and it's awesome. But, you know, musical tastes are what they are, they're subjective, and... I guess if I was a wrestler and I had to come out to, I don't know, chamber music or whatever for four years, I'd, I'd probably be mad too, Rich. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that of all people, Randy Orton would have the poll to be like, no, 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 look, I'm not going out there until you <laughs> change my song. Like, I'm not doing it. Like, like I, I'm sure, like, I, I'm, 
you know, he's a very opinionated man, so I'm sure he didn't keep it to himself. I'm sure he made it well known. But, uh, yeah, I guess you can't really tell. I mean, he always came on and, and, and put on a good face for it. Uh, I guess that's, you know, the professional in him in some ways. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that Randy Orton, of all people, would go four years just hating a theme music and not be like, look, dude, you're changing the song tomorrow or next week or, or at WrestleMania or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it, it does kind of stink that he didn't he didn't like it because it, it really does, I think, fit pretty well for his character. But uh, we would see with subsequent songs and, and, and songs that he maybe had a little bit more of a hand in uh, that maybe this wasn't his exact style of music either, so... So, branching off a little bit from Burning My Light is Rated RKO. Uh, Rated RKO is the team that Randy formed with Edge in 2006 and lasted until early 07. They weren't together for that long, of course, but they did win the World Tag Team titles on Raw, and they uh, had a pretty big feud with Shawn Michaels and Triple H as well. And uh, their theme song was a mashup of Randy's theme, Burning My Light, and Edge's theme, Metalingus. So, let's hear that. You think you know me. So there are two types of mashup themes. Uh, the first is where you take elements of one theme and elements from another theme and you smush them together into one new concoction, like the Jericho theme, or the Golden Stardust theme, or Rybaxel, you know. Uh, the other kind, the lazier kind, is when you put two LPs on the turntable and you slide it over to one song and let that play for 15 seconds and then you slide it over to the other song and let that play for 15 seconds and you just keep going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Uh, that's how the Evil and Sonata theme works. That's how the awful, awful, awful Kabuki Warriors theme works. Ugh. And that's how this theme works. And this one, you know, it's not that bad. To their credit, they actually tried to make the songs mash up somewhat and try to flow together. Unlike the Kabuki Warriors theme, which is just awful, you know, Falling out of light years away, so the rated RKO theme is definitely the better of the two, Rich, I think. Yeah, I don't love it. I'm not a big fan of really any mashup themes. I think it's kind of lazy um, in a sense. Like you said, like when, when you when you do actually try to make a new song out of them and, and maybe use elements from both themes, I, I like it a little bit better. I'd prefer just an entirely new theme for a tag team is fine with me or just pick one of the wrestlers' uh, themes. But uh, yeah, the, this is of the laziest category where it just switches at one point. It just goes from Burning My Light to, to, to Edge's theme or whatever and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And They try to at least mix it a little bit, so I'll give them a little bit of credit. Just a small amount of credit. And and there are far worse mashup themes. 
I'm just, I'm not a big fan of any of the mashup themes, and, and, and this one's just another example of why I dislike them a lot. It just, it seems to want to take the personality of both guys and, 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 and you know, keep both of them, but it ends up kind of just ended up with nothing. It's it just this blob of nothing at this point. And this is a really fun team at this time, too. It would have been really cool for them to try to get their own theme or just try to see what they could do, uh, you know, with these guys, but instead it's just kind of a lazy, you know, put together in five second attempt at, at a theme song, so. I still like it more than the cursed Booker T and Rob Van Dam. Oh God, which is a really bad one. You've talked about that one before, right? I have, uh, yeah, yeah. On the uh, oh. RVD episode, yeah. Oh boy, God, mm. that one that might be the Kabuki Warriors is pretty close, but that Rob Van Dam Booker one because they they like tried with that one too. Yeah, you know the Kabuki Warriors one is like, hey, we need a matchup theme for the Kabuki Warriors. So in five minutes they just like cut between they had two audio tracks. You know, laced on top of each other and just randomly cut at different points. But that Booker T. Ravendam, they tried with that one. That's the worst part about it, is they sat down and said, okay, let's do this. And that's what they came up with. No, that one is, oof, God, what a bad memory. Well, Randy had Burn In My Light as his theme song, uh, specifically from August 30th, 2004 to May 5th, 2008. But there was a very brief period of time, and by brief I mean literally one episode of SmackDown, on March 3rd, 2006, where Randy had another theme song. You might know this one as CM Punk's WWE theme before Cult of Personality, but for that one special night in DC, it belonged to Randy Orton. Off of Reckless Intent, this is Kill Switch Engage with This Fire Burns. <laughs> Okay, I understand that Randy did not like Burn In My Light and he wanted to change it. I also understand that Randy is probably a big metalcore fan and he wanted this type of music to be his new theme. I get all that. But here's the thing. Number one, I cannot get the picture of CM Punk out of my head when I hear this song. This is his song, it fits him so well, and I'll always associate it with him whenever I listen to it. And number two, even without Punk, I just don't feel like Randy is a good fit for this song. I know he's a fan, but like Vince said, for his character and his whole like cocky asshole vibe, it doesn't work. It's too heavy, it's too aggressive, and it just doesn't sound like a Randy Orton theme at all, Rich. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it, it is. So I, I love this song. I like I like this song, and, and, and it's perfect for CM Punk, too. I absolutely love this theme for CM Punk, and it's a, a song that I'll, I'll listen to before, you know, if I'm, I'm playing a basketball game or, you know, I remember, you know, when I used to play softball, I would listen to it before I play softball or whatever, because it's a song that gets you hyped up, it gets you ready, it gets you inspired or whatever. It, it, it works on that level. It's a, it's a good song, a, a good theme. It works as a wrestling theme. It, it uh, Like I said, it especially worked for CM Punk. 
but in no way, shape, or form did this work for Randy Orton in 2006. Like, in, in no level did it work for Randy Orton in 2006. It's too chaotic. It's too fast. It's too... There's just It just doesn't work at all for the character. It, did, it wouldn't have worked for the Viper character that he has now. It wouldn't have worked for the... Especially not for the Legend Killer Randy Orton. It's just it's just not him. It just doesn't fit Randy Orton. And, and this is a case where, you know, sometimes it's probably better if... if you know, somebody else has the idea of, of what your theme music is going to be versus you because this is Randy Orton just picking a song that he just wants to listen to as he comes to the ring, but like in no way, shape, or form fits his character whatsoever. It is hard to tell the story of the legend killer Randy Orton, you know, spitting on, on Jake Roberts or RKOing Jake Roberts while this song plays in the background. It's just, it, it, it doesn't work. It's just, yeah, it, I, I'm not a fan of it for Randy Orton. I'm glad that it didn't, you know, stick with him and, and it, it fit perfectly with CM Punk for sure. So, yeah, I'm not a fan uh, whatsoever for this for Randy Orton. Yeah, and if you look at the lyrics too, they pretty much say the same thing as Burning My Light does. All I've ever wanted was destiny to be fulfilled. It is in my hands. I must not fail. I must not fail. Never more to be held down by the wings of history. Never more to be cast aside. This day is mine. Even through the darkest days, this fire burns always. It's the same message of striving to succeed and not be held down. As Burn My Light has, you know, Burn is in both titles, for God's sake. Right. So it'd be kind of redundant to go with this and not Burn My Light, even if Randy likes this one more. Yeah. And, and for me, too, I like the thing I like about so, you know, Burn My Light feels a little bit more like I have arrived and now you're all behind me. You know, you, I, I'm here and you can't ignore me. Whereas this fire burns to me always felt and that's why I kind of liked it for CM Punk. It always felt like. That's where I need to be. I should be better. You know, I will be better. I this is my pa- destiny. This is my path. But it's all kind of in. It's going to happen. I'm. You know, I'm being held. You know, there's just certain stuff about it where I feel like this fire burns just fit again. Like you said, for Randy Orton, a little bit better. Similar idea, but a little bit more like I'm already here. I've already arrived. I'm already. You know, the, the, the top dog here. Whereas for whatever reason, this fire burns and and the lyrics are. You know, depending on how you interpret them, to me always felt more like. And that's again like why I think it was perfect for CM Punk. More like. You know, I'm 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 not gonna fail. I'm going to get this, but it's all in the future. I'm gonna do this, or I'm about to do this, or I'm on the cusp of becoming this, and and that's why I think it works a little bit better for someone like an Orton or a, a Punk rather than it did for Randy Orton in 2006, who had already sort of achieved so many accolades at that point as well. So, I mean, hell, if you showed me a picture of like 2006 Randy Orton and a picture of 2006 CM Punk, and you played me this song and you asked me, hey. Which guy does this song belong to? I'm (laughs) picking the guy with hand tattoos and long black hair and lip piercings every single time, Rich. Yeah, other than the chiseled out of stone, you know, yeah. <laughs> guy with perfect, you know, yeah, yeah, the perfectly tanned, like, yeah, no, there's there's no way you would pick Randy Orton out of that that lineup. Yeah, so uh, this was a one and done for old Randy. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel bad for the guy. I mean, he clearly wanted this song very badly. And <laughs> yeah, hey, this is the theme I want. They play it once. Nah, fuck you. We're not yep, going to play a different fuck theme. you. One week, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> and then this became the theme song for Judgment Day 06. And then it became CM Punk's theme afterwards, which Punk had for a tad longer than Randy did. Uh, about, oh, I don't know, five years or so. Right. You know, if if I'm Randy, that might stick in my craw a little bit. That, you know, here's this guy that I have to work with who has my song that I wanted so badly, you know? Right. Yeah, it does kind of stink. But nah, it's Randy Orton. He's had a lot, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure his millions were a nice consolation prize. Exactly, right. right. Yeah, he <laughs> you know, sits on his boat with his beautiful wife. I'm sure he forgets about it. So. <laughs> right, right. So we've come now to the final theme here, the one that Randy has been using for, Jesus, over a decade at this point. God damn. (laughs) 
He first got it in May 2008, and he's had it ever since then through the Legacy Stable and the Christian Feud and the Mark Henry Feud, the Authority and Evolution Reunion and the White Family stuff and everything else in between. This is by Jim Johnston featuring Rich Aluzzi from Rev Theory off of Voices, WWE The Music Volume 9. This is Voices. Voices in my head, they counsel me, they understand, they talk to me. You got tools in your religion, all designed to keep you safe. But when rules start getting broken, you start questioning your faith. Savior hates to love and loves to hate. I have a voice that has the knowledge and the power to your fate. I hear voices crying. I see heroes dying. I taste blood that's trying. I feel tension rising. I hear voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. I'm a little sad that we had to say goodbye to Burning My Light there, but uh, it, it was kind of a necessary change, I suppose, because Randy at that point, 0809, he's no longer the cocky asshole legend killer. Now he's the Viper. Now he's the Apex Predator. He's methodical and calculating, and he's unhinged as well. He's punting people in the head. The announcers started talking about how, oh, Randy's going to that dark place in his head for the RKO. So its theme needs to change as well. And with Voices, it's very much a darker, more sinister theme than Burning My Light is, for sure. It's slower paced, it's got those creepy piano notes in the background there. It really goes along well with this uh, new character shift, Rich. Absolutely, yeah. Like I, I don't like the song nearly on the same level that, that I like, you know, Burning My Light, but but it definitely it fits for, for what the Viper Randy Orton would become and the more methodical Randy Orton, the one who was you know slithering and, and setting up the punts and RKO and out of nowhere. Like it just it just works a lot better. I mean, this is not the, the, the cocky Randy Orton anymore. This isn't the, you know, I'm better than you, Randy Orton. It's just the Randy Orton that just wants to methodically kill you. <laughs> and, and like, you know, and so it, it, this song definitely works a little bit better. And and the thing too is like if people, you know, when that when that character first started it was Randy Orton snapping, and, and this song, you know, speaks to it as well. You know, I hear, vo you know, the, the voices crying, I feel tension rising, like, that sort of stuff where it was just like, you know, this is Randy Orton who would be, you know, kind of collected, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he'd fucking RKO Stephanie McMahon or punt, you know, whoever. Like, and it was it was that sort of stuff that would kind of come out of nowhere, and that's when that character was really at its best, too, when that theme really spoke to what he was at that time, which was just an unhinged, you know, maniac who was capable of just... Tremendous destruction, and, and and even himself wasn't even sure what he was capable of doing, or, or you know, really wasn't. It seemingly at times even in control of what his character was doing and in control of what he was doing. So the theme worked perfectly. The problem though is that we've just heard it for ten years straight, and we've heard it for uh, ninety five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> like I have heard this theme live. Like I can't even count how many times. Like I've been to shows. I probably heard this theme twenty times live. Not in addition to the countless times I've heard it on, on TV. Like, even the best themes will get a little boring after so long. So the fact that he's had it for so long, I think that's what just kind of really makes Because, it, it, like, on its face, it's good. I really do like this song. And, and listening back for the purposes of this show, I was like, you know what? I, I, I don't like this theme, but I really... 
I do. I, I do like it. It's just the fact that I'm just so bored of, of you know Randy Orton at this point, and I'm so bored of this song because yeah, it's just been ten years straight of, of hearing Randy Orton come out to this theme and basically be the same character for all that time as well. So yeah, it's just kind of dragged on me a little bit. But but ultimately though, it's a pretty good song. I I, I do really enjoy it. Yeah, lyrically it's very intense. I have a voice that is my savior. Hates to love and loves to hate. I have a voice that has the knowledge and the power to rule your fate. They tell me things that I will do. They show me things I'll do to you. I hear voices crying. I see heroes dying. I taste blood that's drying. I feel tension rising. Before, with Burn in My Light, it's like Randy has the world in front of him. You know, he's this young guy. The world's his oyster. With this song, it's like Randy is older. He's become unhinged. Doesn't trust anybody anymore. The world has broken him, and he's become a violent, dangerous man who you should not mess with because he will snap and, and hurt you. You're right, exactly. No, no, it, it, this theme at the time, too, and, and if you weren't here during this, like, early Randy Orton Voices thing and the early Randy Orton Viper thing, it was awesome. It was really, really good, and this was maybe even more than, because, than, you know, I said, I like, my apex of Randy Orton fandom was, was you know, the, the peacocky burn of my light heel, but there was a period, too, until, well, until Shane McMahon kicked his ass with the worst punches in, in <laughs> recorded history, when Randy Orton was, like, again, like, holy crap, this dude is gonna be, like, a megastar. Like, this new character is awesome. This, you know, build with, with Triple H at WrestleMania is looking great. Like, there was just a lot of stuff, you know, working in the favor of Randy Orton, and then it just kind of got derailed, and then it just went on and on and on, and basically the last ten years is what we've kind of seen from it. But when this day, de- you know, theme debuted and this new Randy Orton character debuted, and he had a new look, and he thinned out a little bit, and he had more tattoos and stuff, it was pretty damn cool, and, and it definitely worked for its time. But it's just, yeah, it's just the victim of of just the last decade of hearing this. Like you really don't comprehend how long he's had this until you look at it in these notes here, May twelfth, two thousand eight. <sighs> It is. I mean, we're recording this on October of 2019. Like, my God, that is so long for that same theme and essentially the same character and the same look and the same kind of everything with Randy Orton. So that it's really just kind of dragged us down more than anything because it, it does work and it works for his theme and it worked for his character uh, at the time. But it's just, yeah, 10 years is, or 11 years, God, at this point, it's just too much to handle. Yeah, what Voices is to burn in my light, uh, my time is now is to basic thugonomics. Like, I miss that first song just so much. And I, I do wish sometimes that we, we could go back to the days of, you know, puffy-cheeked HGH Randy Orton. But at the same time, look, I know you can't go backwards. You got to look forward to the future. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah. with Randy, that future is just filled with headlocks there, Rich, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> many, many headlocks. Many side headlocks. Yeah, this uh, at Hell in a Cell, it was so egregious. Like the the bell rang and just immediately put Dolly in a side headlock. And I was like, oh, come on, Randy. But I, I've come to a point now where I'm almost like... I, I've I've turned the corner on Randy. So I was a huge Randy Orton fan. I mentioned during Burn of My Light. I was a huge Randy Orton fan during the, the early Voices period. And then there were like ten years I really disliked him for a long time because he was just boring. But I've now kind of turned on it because he's just so egregiously boring and so egregiously like I don't give a fuck and it doesn't matter, man. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, it's great. Like I know that he just goes backstage. People talk to him and he just ignores him. He just sits there and vapes or plays on his phone and like somebody tells him something. He's just like, yeah, all right, cool, like whatever. And like you know that you can't actually reprimand him. Like he could do something and they, and and we've seen it this week. We've seen it this week. Like if anybody else in the company did what Randy Orton did this week, they would absolutely a like you said have a public apology. B maybe get fired, get suspended. It's just business as usual for Randy. It's just like yeah, whatever. Water under the bridge, no problem, Randy. And it's just it's unbelievable the 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 leash he has. Yeah, minimal effort in his matches. Shit talking on social media, getting drunk on Twitch, constantly taking vacations, stirring up rumors that I'll jump to AEW to get more money from Vince. I mean, he's amazing. 
And what does he get in return for not giving a fuck? A huge paycheck, a smoking hot wife who he bangs all the time, a bunch of cute kids, a nice big house, great vacations, expensive cars, a boat, the works. He's got the works, Rich. I mean, I I have not loved Randy Orton, the wrestler, in quite some time, but I just admire him a ton as a guy who is winning at life so much while putting in the minimum effort and not giving a single fuck about it. I mean, that's the ultimate dream, Rich. It is the dream. Yeah, I'm, I'm somebody who unfortunately, like, I feel like I work too hard or care too much about people and care too much about what people think about me or whatever. So I aspire one day, I, 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 in some levels, I, not, the, not necessarily in terms of the racism or conservativeness uh, yeah, of Randy Orton, yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. the terms of, like, do minimal, don't care, get rewarded, and not give a shit what anybody thinks about you, and then just continue to be successful would be, like... Uh, a certain dream for me, but uh, I don't think that's how, maybe 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 my forties. But uh, so far, thirties have already come, and and they're 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 yeah, I'm in the process of the thirties, and uh, don't think it's gonna turn around this decade. But but when I'm in my forties, maybe. But probably not. look, just get a bunch of tattoos. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I just need that boat. I've wanted the boat. I just need the boat. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> shave your head down to a buzz cut. It's true. I could. Yeah, <laughs> grab your wife's boobs on Instagram. You know, those are the keys to success in Randy Orton's world. There, Rich. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. And, uh, Rich, thank you again for coming on the show here. It's always a pleasure podcasting with you, and this was no different, of course. So thank you again. No, no, thank you so much for having me on here. And I, I really do apologize. I feel terrible about uh, skipping the line there on uh, Line Stand. <laughs> so I, I'm still I'm thinking about it. T- like, this is the thing with Randy Orton. Like, Randy Orton wouldn't care about doing that. He'd be like, fuck it, I did it. Who cares? I don't give a I'm, shit I'm, like, about I'm that. still thinking about it. Like, I'm going to apologize to you this morning. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss and turn at night thinking, oh, man, I really, really, oh, why did I skip that? Or, oh, man, I was really rude to Andrew there. Like, the check's still clear, don't they? Right, yeah. Like, yeah, Randy is just going to sit there and vape me. Like, who fucking cares, man? It's your fault. Like, <laughs> shouldn't have said that or shouldn't have put it in the notes. Or, like, that's Randy Orton, but that's not me, so it's uh, unfortunate. But no, thank you so much for having me on here. I really do uh, do appreciate this, and this was a blast. Any plugs you want to give? And I'm sure there are quite a few of those, so uh, go right ahead there. Oh, there are plenty, but I'll just tell you the, the basic one, VoicesOfWrestling.com, uh, all of our columns, reviews, podcasts, all that good stuff on there, the Voice Wrestling uh, Podcast Network. Of course, if you listen to Music of the Mat, you subscribe, hopefully, to uh, Music of the Mat, but uh, there's also an entire podcast network uh, as well with a lot of really, really great shows, uh, so check that out. And then last but not least, VoiceWrestling.com slash Patreon. Uh, it's a subscriber, uh, subscriber side that Joe and I do uh, with some Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame audio coming up this week, uh, Joe's uh, Jovember to Remember series, the ECW Rewatch series, the Fall Brawl Recall, plenty of good stuff there. Uh, we have been called the best value in pro wrestling audio and uh, I'd like to believe that as well so voicewrestling.com slash patreon uh, tier start as low as one dollar to get you in the door there uh, to hear all of our premium content so no Andrew really really do appreciate this and uh, thank you of course for letting me have the outlet to, uh, to, to plug some stuff as well oh sure thing no problem no problem at all uh, you can follow the show on twitter at music of the mat follow me on twitter at andrew t rich uh there is now a music of the mat channel in the new vow discord so if you want to give feedback to the show or suggest topics or just talk about wrestling music in general that's where you can do it and i'll also be putting the youtube playlists for this and future episodes in there as well if you want to donate to the show you can do that at redcircle.com slash shows slash music dash of dash the dash mat. There is a red support this podcaster button 
right on the page there. Click that and you can do a one-time donation or a recurring donation, whichever you want. A uh, little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, Rich does give me some extra money for helping out with the website every now and then. But I wouldn't say no to more money. So click that button if you know it's good for you, folks. Come on now. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not necessary at all. Don't worry about that. No, but. he wants that he wants that Randy Orton boat, man. He wants the boat and the babe. He wants the boat and the babe. So get him the boat and the babe, goddammit. <laughs> First you get the boat, then you get the babe, and then you're good. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But uh, in all seriousness, again, donations are not necessary. It's up to you. The podcast will always be free regardless. But if you do donate, hey, Thanks so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. And again, that's redcircle.com slash shows slash music dash of dash the dash Matt. There is a link to that in the Twitter bio of the podcast. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Uh, Rich, thank you again, and I'll see you around. Goodbye, Andrew. See you later. All right. For Rich Krejci, I'm Andrew Rich. And I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.